0: Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelratty.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Writing for the voice as an instrument is a hugely ignored topic in musical theater, but it's one of the most important things you need to know, and know. That is not an exaggeration. I began my journey in musical theater as a performer and vocalist, and then an accidental accompanist and audition vocal coach, and then an accidental musical director, and then a purposeful musical director, then a dabbling composer lyricist, then a purposeful vocal coach and voice teacher, and then finally a professional musical theater writer and performer and vocal coach and musical director. So I have a unique point of view on this topic from which I'm going to approach this conversation in the hopes of helping all of you. I've seen it from all points of view and at all stages of development, whether we're talking about the performing side, the teaching side, or the writing side. And this gives me an excellent perspective on the topic of how to write musical theater music for the voice as a living instrument, and one that requires good health. Performers tend to enjoy singing my music because it sits where it's intended to sit, and this can be true for you too. Quick disclaimer, I will say up front that I am not a vocologist. The scientific study of the voice is still relatively young, but there are a lot of vocologists and similar specialists out there whose writing and teaching is very well worth taking in. Although I do teach voices of all types, ranges, ages, and professional degrees, and I do have some answers, I by no means have all of them. Let's first talk about vocal range, aka registration, and how the different areas of the voice can create different sounds that we might want to use. Ranges are usually talked about in very rudimentary terms, chest voice, head voice, mix, but there's a lot more nuance. To it than that. For our purposes here today, I would ask you to think about the voice as having four distinct sections of sound qualities. Number one, the low tones or chest voice dominant. This is where the voice is being brought down below the speaking range to a placement that is fully in chest resonance, where the thick folds of the vocal cords are running the entire show. This is not a comfortable place to sustain sound for a long period of time, but it can be super useful for certain effects. Because it's difficult to sustain, it can get breathy, groany, quiet, and in some testosterone-influenced voices, it can get kind of a buzzy quality. Let's talk about some examples. Here's an example of something that would be a little bit breathy. Maybe this time I'll be lucky. Here's more of a groany quality. Well, I'm thwarted by a metaphysic puzzle more of a quiet quality that pulls the ear in, this is a song from The King's Legacy. A chill fills the air, it's still all around. Or for that buzzy quality, which can sound a little bit dangerous, this is also from The King's Legacy. All I hear every day, Henry, Patience. Now part of what gives these specific qualities is the phrasing length, the melodic movement, the dynamics, the song's intention, and the choices of vowel sounds. But perhaps we'll cover all of those more specifically at another time. Number two, the talkative range or the speaking place. This area of the voice can be considered the low end to the middle of the mid range. The chest resonance here is still present, but there's also resonance in the face, whether that's inside the mask region or below. The thick folds and the thin folds are sharing the work here, but often in varying degrees depending on the exact range and the singer. This part of the range is often used to make it sound like people are more speaking on pitch rather than singing. And because most of us speak well below our voices, in reality, writers often have a tendency to write these kinds of songs a little too low, a little below the voice. If you've not yet gone through the process of finding where your voice sits, it is a well-worthy exercise. It may open up your mind a little bit as to what is actually speaking range. Range, did you hear that? That's below my voice. My voice sits up here. I should have said range. In reality, the voice not only rests a little bit higher than most of us use regularly while we're talking, but also, it has a lot of range to it due to all of the inflections that we like to use. So there's more dynamic and tonal range here to play with than most people realize. This will generally move the voice through varying degrees of mixed voice in most singers between a heavier, chestier-sounding mix and a lighter or headier-sounding mix. Getting Married Today is a great example of a song that starts lower in the talkative range but then pulls up a little bit as it goes along. Pardon me, is everybody there? Because if I was, I want to thank you for coming to the wedding. But eventually we're doing things like Go, can't you go? Why is nobody listening? Goodbye it's a pretty decent range. Everything else from next to normal starts nice and low with kind of a flat quality. Mozart was crazy. Plant, crazy. You know? Trying to avoid the explicit rating. But then eventually it pulls us up through something a bit more emotional. And There's nothing your paranoid parents can say. The Wizard and I kind of has a bit of a back and forth between that spoken quality and what we'd consider more of singing. When I meet the wizard Once I prove my worth It's gonna go up now And then I meet the wizard What I've waited for since since birth And as it goes on, it kind of sings a little bit more The Streets of Dublin from A Man of No Importance Does a lot of talking until it's ready to sing We have that opening of There's Tommy Flanagan who lights the gas lamps A hundred and ninety lamps in Phoenix Park alone But then when we get over to the I don't know the words to tell you how it feels Or how to put it in a rhyme But if you come with me you'll know the park look like God in the dark as they glow. Sorry, I really love that song on the streets of Dublin. And of course, if you want to use the full range, you can do something like Giants in the Sky. When you're way up high, you look below at the world you've left and things you know. The range is all over the place in that one, but it maintains that speaking quality. Number three, the lighter tones or head voice dominant. This is where the voice is purposely being brought above where most people speak to give the voice a lighter, purer, or kind of a floating quality. This may be classical head voice or contemporary head voice or still in the mix depending on the style and the singer. But no matter which sound it is, the thin folds are doing a lot more work here, though not all of it. You may want to use this section of the voice to create a sound that is whimsical due to its purity or dynamic due to its range flexibility or perhaps that's lacking groundedness because it doesn't have that chest resonance built in or any other myriad effects. In this area of the voice, it's usually pretty easy to sustain with good technique but it becomes a little bit harder to spit out a ton of words like down in the speaking range. It can be done, but not for terribly long before it gets tiring. One caveat here is that testosterone-influenced voices tend to have a little more variation in this area than estrogen-influenced voices. For instance, a berry tenor may find that they need to use some sort of lighter, purer head voice or maybe even a high belt. To sing in this range, whereas a pure tenor may find that this is well within kind of a speaking range for them, and it's very easy to mix. Vanilla Ice Cream uses talking sounds in the soprano range, but only in short bursts. We get that ice cream, he brought me ice cream, vanilla ice cream, imagine that, but plenty of time to breathe. The beauty is from the light in the piazza, it's pure and dynamic, but it uses multiple techniques. We get the classical with things like something we don't see a lot in Winston-Salem. But then we get more of that contemporary sound when we get over to this. Ooh, that chord gets me every time. This is wanting something, this is reaching for it. This is wishing that a moment would arrive song. A whimsical pure sound in a lower voice would be a song like Winters on the Wing where you get that whole the winter's taking flight sweeping dark cold air at the sea. Spring is born comes the day I say and you'll be here to see it. Stand and breathe it all the day. Stoop and feel it. Stop and hear it. So good. Or one that can really cross over depending on the actual voice singing it is I'm Alive from Next to Normal where you can have that kind of mixy quality. But I'm alive, I'm alive, I am so alive. And I feel, but if a baritone tenor is singing it it might be a bit more belty. But I'm alive, I'm alive, I am so alive. Kind of useful. Number four, the high tones or pure head or whistle tones This is one of the least used ranges in musical theater because it's really hard to understand words up there and musical theater is a word dominant form. This is where we are above the range typically thought of as head voice and into the area that is just purely thin folds. The sounds up here are a lot thinner for a lot of singers, but there are plenty of people out there who have very strong thin fold ranges and have a lot of flexibility, but it varies a lot in the general population. In estrogen-influenced voices, this is where we're talking about the higher parts of the legit soprano range because of the amount of technique it takes to build the strength up there. When non-classical sounds are used, like in pop music, this is where we get that kind of mainstream term of whistle tones. Mariah Carey, anyone? In testosterone-influenced voices, this range tends to sound like one of three things. A very high and light mix, a different kind of sound quality that people have dubbed over the years falsetto, Or number three, a rock scream or rock scrout. Terms that, as a vocal coach, I don't love. This area can be used for more emotional sounding effects, whether that be extreme vulnerability, ecstasy, anguish, etc. Most singers cannot sustain in this area for a long time without tiring unless they have been trained specifically to do so. It requires a great deal of breath support and technique that could be exhausting for the average singer. The higher parts of Glidden and Begay can show off that high part of the range in something that's a little more operatic and also shows off that ecstasy that she's feeling in that moment. I'm not even gonna try to do the actual range, but that whole, without going that high that lower sound with the, ha 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 it's so fun for another example that i'm not even going to actually attempt the highest note at the end of the phantom of the opera which is pre-recorded that one is definitely showing a little bit of anguish for some of that extreme vulnerability sound i think of bring him home from lame is that whole bring him on. For a quick example of that whole rock-skrelt sort of sound, you've got uh, Heaven On Their Minds, where he's got that, Jesus, you started to believe. I can't actually do it, but it's it's very cool. Go listen to the soundtrack, it's great. Now, if you notice, I didn't talk at all today about range categories like bass, baritone, baritener, tenor, tenor, countertenor, female tenor, true alto, mezzo-soprano, soprano, None of those. Ideally, you'd be thinking about writing a character to fit into a general voice type, knowing that singer's voices vary greatly and trying to elicit certain emotional tones or effects. Do try not to pull a singer out of their general voice type unless it is for a very specific effect though. So. And obviously, I have not yet touched upon the elephant in the room belt. But if you enjoyed this topic and would like me to cover the three different types of belt sounds that you should consider, then leave a comment below. And you can learn more about writing in a singer-friendly way by watching this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers!